Have you ever wondered how we record the Metal Exchange? For the last three years, we've been using Zencaster for all things podcast related. And without Zencaster, the Metal Exchange wouldn't be brought to you each and every week. Now it's your turn. It's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you've thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations, just like us. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code MetalExchange and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time for you to share your story. Welcome back to the Metal Exchange, Justin and Chris, uh, back again for what I can only say is one of my favorite episodes of the year, our year-end, year-in-review, top 50 episode. Chris, my friend, how are you? I'm good. I, uh, I, I think I said to you, I felt like I was in high school again cramming for an exam at the last minute. I... I I re-listened to like so many albums in the last couple of weeks to really make sure that especially my top 25 are, are really indicative of how I felt about these albums this year because I feel like I may have listened to more albums this year <coughs> or this past year than I ever have in, in a year. My list came out to 112 albums that I broke down into uh, groups of 25 and uh, we'll post the top 50 and we'll talk about the top 25 uh, tonight, today. Um, if you happen to choose something that is not in my top 25, I will make note of it uh, as you go on your list and vice versa. But uh, I'm thinking between the two of us, we'll probably cover a lot of ground here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um before Before we get started, let me first ask, did you have anything in this... Uh cram session that really moved a lot for you one way or another i'm always curious to hear about like late bloomers or stuff that may have fallen out of favor as the year went on yeah i I, and i'll mention them as we go but yeah there were there was a one especially that skyrocketed pretty high um actually a couple that really moved up and that in and of itself kind of pushed some other stuff down in 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 that way so um i'll mention that uh when we get there, but yeah, there's definitely stuff like that. Um, a lot of it too is because, um, you know, the stuff that I listened to at the beginning of the year was just more, I listened to more often just because there was more time to revisit. Uh, I had the whole year to, you know, listen to stuff that came out in January, but only had a couple of months to listen to stuff that came out in September, October, November. So some of that stuff kind of on, upon second or third listen, like was like, Oh crap. Like, wow. Um, then there was no spoon. Who, <laughs> if it wasn't for our podcast episode, I'm not sure they would have made my uh, 
my list, but, um, that, that definitely opened my eyes to, to that. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of, a uh, lot of moving parts here. It's, it was a very interesting year, but, uh, I feel pretty good about my list and, and I'm excited to talk about it. I, it's funny because I was like basically listening to everything from top to bottom. And the, I, what I did just a little peek behind the curtain is I made playlists uh, every quarter and ranked the albums per for each quarter to try to make it a little less daunting. Cause you know, you listen to something in September and you're trying to, compare it to something you listen to in February, it's kind of hard to do. So I thought I would separate it that way. And then at the end of the year, re-listen to everything and kind of merge the four lists together. And so that's kind of what I did. I went from, I went to one, each list, listen to one from quarter one, one album from quarter two, and then kind of listen to it a little bit more mixed together. And so towards the end, I was really listening to the, all the albums that I probably l- enjoyed the least amount. And so it started to feel like kind of a slog. And then in the last couple of days, I went back and started listening from, you know, the top to like probably the top 20 albums from one to 20. And it was, it just hit me in the face. I was like, oh man, this is so much more fun listening to these albums I ranked at one, two, three, four, five instead of, you know, 100, 101, 102. Almost validating so, um, the list in many ways. Yeah, well, that or, but it's just, it's really just like apples and oranges to go from, you know, the albums that I enjoyed the least, which, by the way, I, I have 112 albums on this list. I didn't think any of them were outright bad. Uh, they just happened to be ones I didn't enjoy as much as others, but I mean, there's albums from, I have this like section from just 101 to 112. It's just like the outside the top 100. And, I even really I enjoyed listening to those albums. They were good albums. Uh, it's just there was so much other stuff that I thought was better, and there was just so much of it. I'm almost a little bit in shock that I was able to order all of this stuff because it's it's a lot. Like it's a lot of stuff, and I and I know there's people yourself included that listen to even more than than that. And and for those people that can somehow put an order to it all god bless because this was uh this was definitely a a, an exercise uh but uh i feel good about it and um i don't think the prog fans are going to be very impressed with my list (laughs) (laughs) they may want to wait till the second half when they when they check out mine but um you know what um i have more questions just broadly speaking but i think we'll probably get to them throughout so why don't we just jump right into it uh where where are we starting with your list um, so I have at number 25, Sacred Outcries, uh, Towers of Gold album. This one was, uh, I liked it when I first listened to it. I liked it more going back to it again. I think having Daniel Hyman on vocals automatically <laughs> improves pretty much everything that he's a part of. But I think that this was good in and of itself. And he just, I think, really put it over the top. Um I, I just I enjoyed this album quite a bit, and I, I've seen it on a lot of people's lists, like really high up. Um, there were a number of albums that I think musically were I enjoyed more, but I, I'd say vocal wise, this was probably one of my favorite vocal performances of the year. Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, it is not on my list. I have it as like an honorable mention, so it's just outside the top fifty for me. Um, every year, I make a playlist. Uh, for February, which basically includes all the stuff that just missed my my top 
50 list. And this you'll find on that February playlist. Um, I get it. I, I don't think the music is exceptional, but I think Daniel Hyman makes everything better, almost like chocolate. So, like, I get it. I really do. Um, He's the Jim Ross of metal vocals. That's right. I mean, he, he just he takes an average match and he makes it a uh, four star classic. So I get it. I, I do. Um, just just missed my list. What uh, what right, came cool. in at twenty four? Uh, you, I think you might be a little bit surprised. Uh, it, I think it show, it shows growth in my uh, in my you know a uh, wide widespread uh fandom of different types of metal but i have scar symmetries uh the singularity phase 2 xenotaph um i didn't think much of this album the first time i listened to it and then when i went back to it, it it's pretty uh <coughs> dense as we like to say but i i really ended up liking this one a lot it was probably my um yeah, I would say looking at the list, it's probably my highest melodic death metal album of the year. Uh, although not the only one on the total list, but this was probably my favorite one. I thought that they just do such a good job of of you know having those melodic hooks mixed with those um, clean vocal choruses, but with those like growly uh, verses. I, I just thought it was a really well done album. I know it was kind of a, a hard to follow that the previous uh you know phase one album um but i I thought that this uh did a pretty good job and um now that i'm thinking about it it's like i'm trying to think of like these all these bands that are playing at prog power that are actually on this list and and this i guess will be the the first one that i'm going to mention and they're they're not going to be the last um but yeah i like this one nice um this album disappointed me a little bit only because I liked the last one so much, uh, so much. And I think that if the last one had come out this year, it would have definitely been in my top 10. So this was anything short of that was going to be a little bit of a disappointment, but it is on my list. It comes in at number 46 um, and, and, and definitely worthy of its spot in the top 50. Uh, have never seen them live. I am very much looking forward to their prog power. I set. forgot that they played a prog power the year that you didn't come. Yeah. I, I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm eagerly looking forward to their set, but I got to be honest with you. I'm going to catch them in a few weeks on 70,000 tons. Uh, I'm not waiting until Atlanta to see them. I, I, I watched, I watched their set with the guys from vanishing point. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. How was it? It was good. Um, the best part was, uh, when uh, James, otherwise known as Bushy from Vanishing Point, um, like dove into the crowd to grab a drumstick at the end of the set that got tossed into the crowd, like he wanted that thing and he got it. Uh, they were good. Um, I really enjoyed them and I really enjoyed Soil Work also when they played at Prog Power. Like they, re- I know that they're kind of like the the kings of the melodic death metal genre, but they're definitely the bands I tend to enjoy the most in that in that you know realm. Nice. Uh, keep it going. I want to hear. I want to hear what else you got. Uh, number twenty three. Uh, this one was actually a big surprise. This was an album that I really wasn't even planning on listening to uh, because I usually just don't listen to their albums when they come out. And it's Iron Savior's Firestar. This one really surprised me at just how how much I enjoyed it. Um, they've kind of taken the place of like Primal Fear for me for just that good old fashioned German power metal. You know, Gamma Ray is not making any albums and I don't know, Primal Fear is starting to get a little redundant and maybe the fact that I haven't listened to Iron Savior in years has something to do with it, but I thought this was a great release and uh, I enjoy this one a lot. I enjoy uh, Pete's vocals. I think he has this very 
unique sound and it, it kind of brings me back to those old you know 80s records that he was on but uh yeah this was a surprise for me and and i i you know i'm glad that i forgot i think it was one of our uh facebook groups that were in with some of the other uh metal podcasters and someone had mentioned this album and i was like oh what the hell i'll give it a shot and i was like damn like I, this was way better than i was expecting and i think that's just uh, is uh due to just low expectations or no expectations but um i went back to it and 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 just enjoyed it all the, all the same so uh i for me personally i think this might be one of the most surprising albums to be in my top 25 based on if i had no knowledge of the year going in when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I remember getting a text from you. I think it was late summer, maybe early fall, and you being like, dude, you're never going to guess what I'm listening to right now. And I'm enjoying it immensely. And I'm like, what is it? You mentioned the Iron Savior album. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll give it a listen, having no expectations whatsoever um, because I'm just not a fan of the band. But I have to say, I agree with you. This release was really surprising to me. Uh, it did not make my list, but the fact that it made it onto the honorable mention list speaks volumes. There were a lot of albums that I heard which were much worse than this. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, – it, it was enough to make me actually want to go back and kind of give some of their older stuff a listen, which I did because I, I just never paid this band any mind. And uh, with this one, I'm glad that I did because I, I thoroughly enjoyed this album. Yeah. And it's funny because they've consistently released albums over the years since uh, 97 or 98, I believe the first album came out um, back when like Kai Hansen was part of it and everything. And uh yeah, I don't know. I, I just <laughs> I, I consider me paying attention going forward. I'll say that. Nice. Um, next at twenty two, I have uh, Bloodbound's Tales from the North. Um, I thought their previous album was a little bit uh, not to my high expectations of their their previous albums. I thought this was back to um, the standard that I held. For this band, um, it's nothing new from Bloodbound, but it's just a really enjoyable, just power metal album, start to finish. Um, I enjoy just the way that their vocals, their vocal lines sound, just the way their whole sound comes together, I think is kind of uh, a unique, and, and I think they do a really good job with this one. I thought this was definitely a, a step up from their previous release. 
This one does not appear on my list. It really just didn't hit me at any point, and I, I can't really say why other than just saying I think I like the older stuff better, so I've they've kind of set a artificially high watermark for, for some of their older materials. So um, I'm glad to hear you liked it, though, and uh, as a power metal guy, I, it, you know, I, I can certainly see why. It's just I thought there were better power metal releases this year. All right, cool. Um, next, I have uh, at 21, an album that we talked about on the podcast in long form, Sorcerer's Reign of the Reaper. Um, this is probably an album that doesn't make the list if we don't cover it on the podcast. Um, and I, I say that because I listened to it about four or five times and it really grew on me. And as I've gone back to it, I've really uh, enjoyed it just as much. So uh, I expect that this will be somewhere on your list as well. But um yeah, this was this was a really good album, and probably the real first time I really sat down and took in a Sorcerer album, start to finish. Uh, it is on mine. Uh, it's definitely on mine. It's definitely in the top twenty-five. So I'll I'll reserve uh, I'll reserve a little bit here and just say more more to come when it comes to Sorcerer. Beautiful um, number twenty. Uh, Temperance's Her- Hermitage, Daruma's Eyes Part 2. I made a comment on an earlier previous episode saying I don't remember there being a Daruma's Eyes Part 1, but it turns out there is. It's an EP that the band released, so uh, I- I'm posting a correction uh, late, you know, early in this new year. But <laughs> um, this album took me a while because it's very dense. It's a long, and there's a, a long album. There's a lot going on. But man, uh, I've always knew that Kristen Starkey was going to be a star. <laughs> it's just a matter. I just was waiting for someone to ask her to be in a band and, and let her unleashed. And, and her voice is so just amazing. And I think that the band already was such a great songwriting band, great, just uh, melodic metal hooks and you add her to the proceedings and that's, you know, no offense to any of the previous singers, but um, I think she adds just a whole new dynamic to this band and um, a lot of fun guest spots. Uh, Alessandro uh, Conti is on here. Fabian, Ernie, um, lots of good stuff here. Uh, I, I, the more I listen to this album, the more it really, resonated with me the first time i listened to it i was just like wow that was a lot um <laughs> but um the more i listened to it the, the more i enjoyed it i i thought this was quite good i think it was probably outside of my top 25 at one point and it kind of uh slowly snuck its way uh into into the uh the, that list so i had a similar experience i listened to this album a lot when it came out and for whatever reason, it just never grabbed me. And I listened to it and then I kind of let it go by the wayside. And then I went back to it and I listened to it again and it really didn't grab me. And then I think I went back to it a third time. And finally, I'm like, wow, this is really good. And so of all the albums on my list, this is one of the ones that tr- ascended the quickest um, over – the second half of the year or like after it took a while for it to kind of move up, but when it did, it did. Um, so believe it or not, I, I don't really have much to add other than I'm looking forward to their next release because if this is now the new, uh, watermark, they, they've definitely left an indelible mark on me. I actually have this, um, 
believe it or not, at number 15. It came in pretty high for me. Uh, but if you would have asked me when it first came out, it was not even on my list. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, it sounds like we both had similar experiences with this one. Um, going to have a little bit of a, of a, a run of Frontiers-esque, not necessarily on the Frontiers label, but uh, this kind of stuff you're going to find is becoming my favorite type of music. And it's just this melodic metal, melodic hard rock. I don't know how else to describe it. And I guess this band is probably the best band to use as a descriptive description for it. And it's eclipse. Uh, the album is, is megalomanium. Um, I didn't really think much of this album. The first time I listened to it, it sounded pretty much like every other eclipse album, but Man, the more I listen to it, the more um, the songs just get in, like they just get into you and they, they get their hooks in you. And I, man, I just, it's not the best Eclipse album in the world, but like even just their very good albums are so, so good. Like, and this is one of them. I, I enjoyed this one a lot after, I remember me and uh, our other friend, Justin, kind of had a talk about one of the singles before the album came out and we were like, Oh, this one's a little weird. And and now I've listened to the album so many times. I don't even remember what song we were talking about. It all just kind of, uh, you know, fits the album to me. So um, it's, this is just the type of stuff where like, if you're doing stuff around the house, cleaning or whatever, and you just need something to just bop to, uh, if you don't have material girl by Madonna handy, <laughs> I highly recommend this album. Um, I, I know that like, the I, I guess bleed and scream is probably the 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 high watermark for you with this band, and I know that the, they probably may never reach that height again. But uh, I, I still think this album is worthy of being on this list. I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, that's a band we have not covered, and that's an album that we haven't covered. Which um, I think we need to change that. But I say that to say they've slowly kind of lost me a little bit with each of their subsequent releases. Not that they're bad. They're quite good. It's just, there's other bands that I think are doing it just as well, if not better. And I have a couple of them on my list. So I am curious to see if they're on yours as well. This album just never grabbed me. I, I put it in the bloodbound uh, pile of it's good, but it just gets lost compared to some of their own stuff. So it doesn't make the list. Yeah. Oh, all good um coming in next at number 18 i have uh ronnie atkins third solo album trinity um i'm sorry the man can do no wrong to me like i love every song that he's recorded in these three solo albums i love hearing him sing um i don't know if he's writing these songs or he uh, or he's working with somebody or what but the songs are just what you want to hear in that kind of frontier style just um really catchy melodic stuff um i'm just glad that he's around to be doing these things man i i i always just put on his stuff and it just makes me happy like it's just always great stuff this was on my list deep into the year and it was kind of a late cut if you will so as as new stuff came out it did get booted a little bit but i i I agree with you great stuff um nothing you haven't heard from him before but that's okay because everything he does is gold so um onwards and upwards for for mr atkins and hopefully a pretty maids album makes the list in the not so distant future as well 
nothing would thrill me more. Uh, it's been way too long. Um, at 17, I have an album that kind of got lost in the shuffle at the beginning of the year because of there were so many albums I listened to a lot at the beginning of the year. Um, one of them that comes to mind that's that didn't even end up making my top 50 was um, Riverside's uh, new album. Uh, where is it on my list? Uh, ID Entity. Uh, Entity. And this was like right next to it. And I went back and listened to it. And like one of them kind of fell down. The other one shot up. This is the one that shot up. It's uh, Rex Aurea's Imperial Dawn. Um, just more, more just uh, catchy, catchy, catchy melodic metal. But um, this time with um, these really awesome female vocals. Um, I, I went back to this album and was like, Holy shit! Like this is this stuff is so damn catchy. Um, it, it was another like you know, bop your head while running around the house sort of thing. Uh, Frida Olin is the name of the singer. They're uh, from Sweden. If you don't know the know of the band, um, I, this is not their first album, but it's the first one I've listened to. Uh, they have two others. But oh man, I, I thought this was fantastic. I I, I loved it. <laughs> I um, didn't spend enough time with this one. I listened to it once. I don't know that I ever went back to it, and that's shame on me. I will go back. I to it. I think you were the one who told me to listen to it too. Yeah, because I think serves. when I first heard it, I'm like, "This is Chris like through and through." And and I, I'm sure I it was probably my recommendation, but then I never went back to it enough to to have it on my list. So that's uh, that's on me. But I'm gonna add it to my list now. Yeah, uh, well, like you said, we'll have playlists, so you're more than welcome to listen to it. It might be even harder for me to pick a song from each of these albums than it was to pick the album's order in the first place, but that's a job for another day. Um, number 16, uh, the uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe have chosen Narnia, huh. their, ghost, their Ghost Town album. Probably my first time digging into a Narnia album start to finish but uh this was another one where that was kind of low on the list initially when it came out earlier in the year and as i went back to it i was just like damn and again it's just like the last several albums i named it's just these (coughs) catchy ass like melodic hooks that just that they i just it's my bread and butter i love it um it's just a really catchy album i love um Christian Lilligren, uh, hopefully I didn't butcher that pronunciation. His vocals, I think, are, are so unique and awesome. Um, and, and before you even mention anything about this, if you even listen to it, you're going to laugh at, at what album I have next. <laughs> well, I, I, I just want to ask you one question, just going back to Narnia for one second. Did you happen to check out Flames of Fire as well? No, I, I didn't have a chance. I think it was just, I, I reached a point where I was just like, I can't, I just can't fit anymore <laughs> to my plate it. at I, this point. So just for the, I heard of, good, I've heard good things, just, but um, it's just for the interest of completion. I think I, I, I feel I'd be remiss not to ask. So I, I didn't, they're not on my list. Uh, neither one is, but uh, not, not surprised you liked it. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I really would need to go back and, listen to more from this band because um, they've been around a while. And if, if all their albums are like this, then hooray. Um, 
the next album, apparently, uh, I was just really into Christian metal because Theocracy's Mosaic is next on the list at number 15. I think that this is an album that um, probably would have ranked higher for me had it come out earlier in the year. I don't think I listened to it as many times as some of the other albums, but still, um, you know, tw- a 20-minute song about the Red Sea, can't go wrong with that. <laughs> um I just, you know, I just think that Theocracy always um, has really strong releases, and uh, this was uh, another one. Um, just uh, really good, fast-paced, you know, great, great production, great vocals. Matt Smith, you know, just always does a great job. Um, I would call it a bit of a disappointment that this album is at fifteen and not like somewhere in the top five or ten. But I mean, there was just a lot of stuff I liked. I really, really like that, that pulled ahead of it. I, I think any album on this top 25 was at the least a, a very good to great album for me. So um, I, I am just, in, I guess when, the, when this album came out, I just kind of figured, Oh, it's theocracy. It's going to be like a top five, but I, uh, I'm in complete agreement with you on this one. I actually had it at 14. So we're right neck and neck on this one. Great release. Um, the production was just so powerful. And to be honest with you, I was kind of looking back at other albums on the list. And um, this was my power metal album of the year. I think that uh, with the exception of maybe one or two other albums that were close, which I'll get to, this was, this was actually my power metal album of the year. I thought it was really well done. And I kept going back to it over and over again, which I considered to be a, uh, a sign that it needed to be somewhat high on my list. Nice. Yeah. Um, I feel like they, they seem to just get better and better. Um, I think their previous release might be my favorite that they've done thus far, but this one's not far behind. Um, good stuff from theocracy. Uh, next, this is an album that I think I had close to the top five and it just kept getting pushed by other stuff that when I went back to like some of the older stuff, I was like, Oh man, I don't know if it's cause I listened to it more and there's a little bit more of that nostalgia for, you know, earlier in the year, <laughs> but it, it kind of got, got pushed down a little bit further. Uh, that was, that's uh angerous, uh, cycles of pain. Um, that said, I would put this at maybe, maybe my favorite of the Fabio era Angra albums. I, I just really enjoyed, um, it's all come together. They don't feel like the same Angra that we grew up listening to with Matos and everything, but much like Stradivarius, like the new incarnation of this classic band is really, really good in the modern sense. And they fit this era and it's fine. Like, I I think there's a way to separate those things and to appreciate that there's a Matos era of Angra, there's an Edu era of Angra, and now there's a Fabio era of Angra, and they all kind of have their own flavor. And I think the fact that, you know, Kiko's not involved in this album also kind of changes the dynamic as well. But uh, I, I, I still enjoyed this uh, album a lot. And um, again, yeah, I think this is probably one of the best albums they've done in, in quite some time. I'm not going to disagree with any of that. I think that they are still relevant to this day. I, I also agree it's my favorite Fabio era Angra album, and I had it at number 18, so we're right next to each other there as well. Really good disc. I just think I preferred the Theocracy album a bit more for power metal, but they were neck and neck. 
And if you, on a given day, I could easily put the Angra ahead as well. Yeah, I think I had them next to each other pretty much the whole time. Like, they just stayed next to each other, but they just moved up and down the list concurrently. Um, You had your favorite power metal album of the year. Number 13 is my favorite prog metal album of the year, No Spoons Opus. Um, Man, I I went back and listened to this album uh, for the first time since we covered it on the podcast. And man, this album has staying power. I think this is going to be one of those albums that I go back to for years. Uh, Kind of like... um, Beyond the Bridges, uh, Old Man and the not Old Man and the Sea. That's, uh, <laughs> that's something else, isn't it? <laughs> I think I've read that. Um, yeah, Old Man and the Bridge and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe again. Yeah, the, well, the the one and only album that they made. It, it, it but it still left such an indelible mark in my mind. And I have a feeling that No Spoon's probably going to release more than one album. But um, I thought this was one hell of a, a a debut. I'm so excited to see them perform at prog power uh this year i could say this year now instead of next year which is great um this is just one of those albums you you have to play it on headphones or at full blast and and when you get to that death when you listen to death of simpson you just get to that part where he's like you know stricken down and cold-blooded murder holy shit like it's so powerful man what a great album i'm so glad uh knops brought it to our attention and i'm glad that i um kind of forced myself to go back because i mean this one really took me like four five six listens to really click for me and i'm so glad that it did because this was uh, uh, opus was the right name for this album because it was certainly was an opus and uh yeah it's i guess not a great year for prog metal for me if this is my highest rated prog metal album but i'm sure that you'll fill in those gaps for us there i um had this on my list as well. I'll speak more about it later. This and Sorcerer, um, I'll save for a little bit later. Cool. Um, number 12 is an album that um, definitely grew on me the more I listened to it. Uh, Serenity's Nemesis AD. Um, I just keep going back to that Reflections of AD song and man, it, it's like there's like this just they channeled Meatloaf's uh, like aura somehow um but the whole album is is excellent all the way through um the the best part not the best part but one of the things i think is just very striking about this album is the first voice you hear on this album is roy khan because <laughs> he's yep. he's just starts singing in the first song and i had to like check to make sure i wasn't listening to an old camelot album or a new conception album or or what but um Overall, this is probably one of my favorite Serenity albums in, in a while. Um, I I like this one a lot. Um, and, and every time I went back to it, I liked it even more. They've kind of taken this kind of like that Avantasia style without the millions of guests, but just like a very theatrical uh, style of symphonic power metal. Um, it, it, I think it has elements of prog in it, but it's definitely more of a symphonic power metal. But um, I, I really enjoyed this album. And, um, I think the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's another Serenity album. And then as I listened to it more and more, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a very good Serenity album. So uh, Ritter, Todd, and Tuffle, man. <coughs> Excuse me. This band has lost me quite a bit over the last few albums. I feel like whether it was uninspired or whether it was just like more of the same, I, I kind of felt disenchanted with them at least a little bit. 
And so I had no expectations when I put the new album on, but when I, when I listened to it, damn, did I like it. I was like blown away by it in many regards. And there was a period where this was even higher up on my list, but to make a long story short, I have it at number 29. The band is back. I look forward to seeing them live in just a few weeks. Um, my, my perspective has just changed completely. And I would argue that Reflections of AD, the song, is probably one of my favorite songs of the year. Definitely top five. Uh, just a complete, unexpected, um, you know, home run from these guys. And, and even though it's a little bit lower on the list, it, it don't take, you know, draw no inferences from that. At, at any given time, this could have been a top 10 album for me. Beautiful. Um, number 11, I think is a very pleasant and happy surprise for me. And that's Camelot's The Awakening. Um, I think this is the best, uh, Tommy era Camelot album that we've heard so far, at least for my taste. And it it makes me kind of laugh because I remember when the first single, One More Flag in the Ground dropped, uh, ahead of the album and every, there was so much negativity about it on social media. And now I'm going back and like after hearing them perform the song live at uh Prague power last year and just going back and hearing it, it's like, this song is awesome. What the hell does it matter with yes. everybody? Like it's just, sometimes it's easier to just hate on stuff and just wait till next week when we talk about time Two by winter sun, <laughs> not in, not in full, obviously it's not out yet, but we'll talk about how that has been uh, supposedly completed. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, I just thought this was such a, I kept waiting for the ball to drop as I would listen to the album. I was like, okay, it's going to, it's going to start to not just be kind of middle of the road. And and one song after another, it was the songs, the songwriting was super strong. Um, Tommy, I thought sounded fantastic. Not that he ever doesn't, but uh, I thought this was definitely like much like um, Angra at Camelot's really coming into their own with this current incarnation. And, uh, I think I'm back on board with this band again. I, I, again, it's, it's almost like a completely different band than what they were during the, the fourth legacies and the karmas and the black halos of, of the time. But, um, it's okay. Like this, this version is fine by me. And, uh, I would have, I honestly was expecting when this, I heard this album was coming out that it wouldn't even be in my top 50, never mind my top 15. So kudos to Camelot. Great album. This, was the best or I should say the first time that Tommy's vocals didn't sound forced on a Camelot album. It flowed seamlessly with the music and I can't tell you how much of a refreshing listen it was to hear Camelot with without it. Tommy just seems integrated and, and a full part of the band now and it doesn't just seem like some guy filling in for Roy Khan. So to that end, by far the best modern Camelot album well-produced, great orchestration, highly melodic, and a return to form. I have it at number 41. It, too, was higher at certain points. I think it was kind of a victim of the fact that I didn't go back to it as much in the second half of the year because I was trying to listen to other releases. Um, But I thought this album was excellent. I never thought I would rank another Camelot album in my top 50, but it, it deserved its place. This was a really pleasant surprise. Yep, I uh, couldn't agree more. Um, we we enter the top ten, and uh, this one is not a surprise based on their last few albums. Uh, Pure Maze's Bloodlines, uh, just another fantastic album from them. Uh, another one that the more and more I went back to it, the more and more I enjoyed it. Uh, Terrier 
uh, <coughs> Terrier's vocals are just great. And uh, the songwriting's phenomenal. I just, uh, this was another one that I just really, really liked. And uh, it probably like started out somewhere in like the 25 range. And then just slowly, every time I listened to it, crept up higher and higher and higher. Uh, this is just a band that I think is really um, just clicking um, in all the best ways. Uh, just really, really enjoyed this album um, a lot. So, yeah. The interesting thing about this is that I think the last two albums hit me immediately. And when I say hit me, I mean they were both top releases for me. This one was slightly disappointing in that it came in at number 28 for me, which is still a really, really high up on my list, you know, considering all the stuff I listened to. It just took a little while to kind of get there. Um, and I'm not sure that it has the staying power as the last two, but I definitely like this release. I almost felt guilty putting it at 28, but um, alas, that's where it wound up. Uh, that, it's clear that you're not Italian because guilt is way stronger for us uh, uh, Italians, but... Um... This one, just for my own uh, my own OCD, it was a little bit disappointing that this one came in at number nine because it's the band Ten. Huh. Uh, <laughs> something wicked this way comes. Uh, Gary Hughes's uh, his band. <laughs> I hadn't really listened to a Ten album in a while, and when I saw that they were releasing an album, it came out pretty early in the year. I uh, I figured, oh, let me give it a listen. You know, um, you know, I was trying to to try to I was actively trying to listen to more stuff this year and my god this album freaking slaps man like every song is just so catchy i i i'm not sure i would even call it a metal album it's it's more of like a it's kind of in more of like a hard rock aor kind of deal but man um it's just i love it like the instrumentation the songwriting the vocals um just an outstanding album if if you skipped this one or just wasn't aware of it, I, I highly recommend that if you just love just really melodic, good melodic music, uh, this one is is a really, really great album. And, and I will not be uh, skipping any more 10 albums going forward. I mean, there was like, I think, seven albums that went by since the last time I listened to one huh. of their albums. Like, I think Twilight Chronicles from 06 might have been like the last one that I really dug into so like uh, i don't know i'm so glad that i listened to this because this was such a treat another band that i think we need to cover at some point i really enjoyed this album as well i had this at number 20 uh this band is just the model of consistency for me i feel like every album is good if not great this one was really really good and the title track was one of my favorite songs of the year i just thought it was a phenomenal song i'm glad to see you liked it even more than i did you know, comparatively speaking, um, great band, great, great, great band, and just an easy listen. You can put it on, chill. It's not th- overly thought-inducing. It's just catchy, and and I'm 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 all in. Awesome, yeah, uh, really, just a lovely uh, a lovely surprise for me. Um, number eight, a band we talked about a lot in 2023. Ad Infinitum's. Chapter three downfall. Um, boy, I listened to this album probably even more than I would have because of our, uh, career retrospective episode that we did. But after seeing them perform some of these songs live and actually getting to meet the band and seeing how cool they are, probably didn't hurt their, uh, 
placement on this list, but I, I, I enjoy all three of their albums and you can go back and listen to our career retrospective and I'll go into more detail as to why on that. But um, even though this is not my favorite <coughs> Ad Infinitum album, I still enjoyed the hell out of it. And, uh, and every time I went back to it, I, I was like, it's almost like every time I got back to it, I forgot how good it was. And I had to like remind myself and I probably hadn't listened to this band since I, we saw them at Proud Power. So like I popped this one in the other day and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this one still is pretty awesome. So um, that's that's my uh, number eight. I have them at my uh, number 32. Um, there was a while where this was top five, even top 10. And it slowly kind of went down the list almost out of fatigue. And I say that because I just think that after doing the career retrospective, I had the chance to absorb everything. And I'm like, well, the new album is very good. I don't know that it's better than um, chapter two, which is probably my favorite at this point. So it kind of victim of, again, victim of its own success, but a definitely an enjoyable album, a band that, um, I have a feeling if they released an album next year, it would be in the top 50 yet again, just because they're so consistent with what they do. Uh, good stuff. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it as uh, you know, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, number seven harkens back to a conversation I had with you earlier. Uh, judgment. Is it spelled with an E in the middle? J U D G E M E N T or just J U D G M E N T. Uh, we're both in the uh, only one E in judgment camp. Uh, Love Bites disagrees. I have them at number seven with their Judgment Day album. Um, I, this is one of those bands where every time I, there an album comes out from them, I listen to it once. I think it's good. I listen to it again. I think it's very good. I listen to it a third time. I'm like, holy shit, I love this. Um, their previous album, I think, was pretty high up on my list uh, the year that that was released. This is uh, no... Uh, no exception. I am absolutely amped about seeing this band perform live at uh, Prague Power this year. Um, for those that don't know, this is an all-female Japanese power metal band, and they uh, they just absolutely shred. The music is just this fast-paced, um, you know, just upbeat, fun music. And the reason that I, I enjoy this more than, say, a Galnerius who... Um, kind of they were actually on the outside of of my top 50 um i had them at like number 53 um is the fact that they sing in english and i think that kind of is is a little bit more appealing to me um but uh i also just enjoy the music a little bit better uh the just what i think what they do is fantastic and uh I, i'm so glad i really didn't peg them as a band that would have been on glenn glenn's radar uh to book at prog power so i was just very pleasantly surprised when their name popped up on that uh, video announcement. So um, yeah, really great stuff. And uh, I'm really excited to see them live. I listened to the album. It didn't do anything for me above and beyond the fact that I can appreciate their great musicians. I need to really do a deep dive on them because I just don't hear it or I don't get it. They're not on my list. Um, that is not to say that the music itself isn't, technically proficient, fast, catchy in many ways. But for some reason, I just don't see them stand out amongst some of their peers. So uh, that's on me and something I have to definitely go back and listen to. And I have a feeling before 2024 is out, we'll have covered at least one of their albums. Yeah, don't worry. We will definitely be doing a career retrospective sometime 
in the summer as punishment for you not putting them on your list. Very good. For 2023. <laughs> Excellent. I've got my own grave that I've just dug so very well. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't even know if I would want to put myself through that just because they do have a pretty uh, large catalog we can for, do of albums album. already. I'm sorry? We can certainly do this album. Yeah, or even um, maybe something akin to our uh, Power Wolf episode where it, we kind of go over the the set list uh, for a band that maybe you're not so sold on yet, and nice. then you go see live, and, and then you ad- admit that you were wrong the entire time. <laughs> well, that's what I did with Power Wolf, so uh, we may as well right. do it again next year. Yes, exactly. That's exactly why I brought it up. Uh, number six is an album that came out early in the year and just never left the, the top slot and that was uh, beyond the blacks self-titled album again one of those albums where i think the first time i listened to it i was like okay it's another beyond the black album um and the more and more i listen to it, it's just like i i love their how catchy um their songs are i love jennifer haben's vocals um i i just uh i don't know that there's really much else to say um about this band i, I just think Whenever they release an album, much like Unleash the Archers, it's always going to be high on my list. Um, I just, uh, I just really enjoyed this one, and uh, uh, the the opening track uh, is there. Anybody out there, man? It's the fact that they had like still made an album after this one song because they <laughs> completely hit it out of the park on the first huh. track. Um, I just, I, I, I like this band a lot. Um, I am. Uh, begging for them to come to the u.s and play a show um i want to see this band live so badly but uh they have yet to play a show in the u.s i thought for sure they have been invited to prog power for all i know they have been um but they just haven't made it over yet but uh they are from germany and uh i enjoy them a lot so uh yeah really really enjoyed this one um might be up there as one of my favorite Beyond the Black albums, as a matter of fact. Uh, came in at number 34 for me. It, too, was high up on my list early on in the year and just kind of fell victim to some other stuff that I like better. But um, I have it in my notes. I'm like, I wish this is what Within Temptation would sound like. And then I think it probably got knocked because there was another band that outdid them on that front as well, which I'll talk about later on. But yeah, this is uh, a band that I'm really hoping I get to see live at some point. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. This this album got better with each and every listen, and um, I I think that while some tracks are good, I think others were great, and I thought it was a very good release. Well, just for comparison's sake, I will say Within Temptations' Bleed Out album I had at. Number 76. Wow. Okay. There so, you go. This was, uh, to me, this was miles ahead. Um, I, I just, uh, I don't know that there's like a, a, a particular era of Within Temptation that Beyond the Black reminds me of particularly because they're not as symphonic. Um, but I agree with you that there is similarities there. And I think what they're doing is better uh, right now. No doubt. No doubt about it. Um, number five was kind of a late addition, and the second time I listened to this album, it blew me away. I don't know what the hell I was doing the first time I listened to it, but uh, Axe and Stars Chapter 8 I is one of the best power metal albums that came out this year, and I still have a couple left on this list, huh. but uh, this one was... I just loved it. Um, another band that I feel like either I listened to their previous couple of releases once and didn't think much of it or 
I just didn't listen to it at all. I don't know what happened, but I saw that they were releasing a new album. I heard one of the singles ahead of time, got excited, got the album, and then the second and third times I listened to it, was absolutely blown away. Um, just that kind of power metal that I absolutely love. Fast-paced, catchy, high-pitched vocals. Uh, it's got everything. I I was so happy to see this album on other people's lists because I kind of thought I was like alone on on this one. Um, but I did see, um, I saw this on, on a number of other lists. So that kind of gave me a little bit of validation because I feel like I ranked this one pretty high, but I, I enjoyed it that much. Yeah, I, I remember you saying a couple of weeks ago, like, did, had, did you have a chance to listen to it? And I had, and I went back to it and I listened to it again. I certainly see why you liked it, uh, but it certainly sounds like that second time was the charm on this one for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and to keep the keep that that you know uh, style going at number four, uh, I wearing the shirt, uh, Sky Blazers, Infinity's Wings. Um, I God, this might have been the first album I listened to in twenty twenty three, and it just stayed up top. Uh, all the way through the year. Um, this was my go-to album, like many Power Quest and Rain Seed slash Majestica albums in the past. The album I would go to when I just wanted to hear something that was going to put me in a good mood. Um, Johannes has, he's taken the, the his love of those two bands and, and others and just kind of made it his own. And the, this was so this album is so much fun to me like these songs are just so majestic and there's songs that just you feel like you just want to like march into a, a into a a castle like it's it's just so epic and it's it's what it, it, it warms my heart knowing that we're gonna go into a future that doesn't involve power quest anymore we have somebody that's kind of holding that mantle and keeping that flame alive of that style of music that brings me so much joy. And it's just that, that speedy, upbeat, happy power metal. Um, Johannes, uh, cheers, my friend. This is, uh, the first album for Skyblazer. Hopefully not the, not hopefully, hopefully first of many, but, um, this one just, uh, kicked my ass from day one. And it, it hasn't, uh, it was my album of the year at one point. Um, I had a feeling if you would have asked me, gun to my head, what's your album of the year, I would have guessed Sky Blazer. And then when I saw you wearing the shirt, I said, oh, this is <laughs> this is a tell. I've, I've, I know this trick or what have you. So I'm shocked it's number four. Um, but I agree with you. I think that this was a hell of a debut. I think that the best is yet to come from these guys. I am hoping that they can continue to grow. And, you know, now that he's got a full band behind him, I, I think the live show is going to be a, a big to do. But I have this, this was uh, number 49 on my list. It was probably one of top five power metal albums that made my list. So one of the top five power metal albums this year. And um, the best, I, I think, is yet to come, if I'm being honest. Love it. Um... Number three, this is the one that I'm so curious um, if they're on your list, where on your list they landed. But this album, um, just, I I liked it a lot. And then I listened to it in this past week and I was like... Wait, let me guess. Yeah, please. Is it Twilight Force? Nope. Okay. It is not Twilight Force. Right. It is Crown's... 
Operation Phoenix. Um, absolutely adore this album. This band is, I love their last album. I think this one's even better. Um, I even have, uh, the, the same, the vocalist's other album, uh, from Art Nation on, in my top 50 at number 41. But I thought this one blew that one out of the water. Every song is just a banger. Uh, just, this is, when I think of, of, uh, Frontiers Metal, this is what I'm talking about. Um, just the, the best kind of catchy, melodic stuff. Um, they have outdone Eclipse, who, they've eclipsed Eclipse, if you will. Nice. Um, I, 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 I find myself looking more forward to their stuff than Dynasties or, or Eclipses. This album really kicked my ass and I loved it. Um, so to answer your question, this album is on my list. And to answer your question even more poignantly, we both have it at number three. I fucking loved this album. Um, this was the, this was the reason why Eclipse couldn't make my list. Like this album just blew the Eclipse out of the water for me. And I have Art Nation on my list as well. I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, this guy's vocals, he takes he, – he, it's the Daniel Hyman effect. He takes good songs and makes them great. The difference is Crown writes great songs and he makes them like unforgettable. Love this album. Loved everything he touches. This was just so catchy and so much fun and I would go back to it after not listening to it for a while and being like, yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't listen to this for two months. And I would just – it would happen time and time again. This is a band I have to see. I have to see this guy sing live. I'll lose my mind. Same, same. I think uh, when I put together our collective rankings, I, this might – this will probably be the Metal Exchange album of 2023 yeah. based on our um, – I just have a feeling based on my number one and number two that you might not have either of these albums listed as high or at all. Uh, Both <laughs> entirely possible. Although admittedly, I have a feeling, I have a feeling one, one of, of them, one I of think them. one of them's on your list. I think the other one is iffy, but, uh, number, no, at number two, I have, uh, Delane's dark waters. Um, Holy shit. Uh, this band is freaking back. Like I, they went from, <coughs> I, they went from me thinking that De- Delane didn't exist anymore to, um, thinking, Oh, they got a new singer. How the hell is this going to compare to Charlotte Wessels? Who's one of my, you know, favorite singers. Um, okay. Sorry. I apologize. I should have had more faith. Um, this is the best Delane album in, uh, this might be the best Delane album there ever that was ever made. It's not uh, April rain, but I'll put it at number two. How about that? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's up there for me. I, I think I, every time I went back to it, I was like, Holy shit, this album is just so damn good. Um, and I thought they did a, a hell of a job live. I mean, I thought that that may, may be some rust and granted, they played a, a lot of shows before, um, before they played at, uh, Prague power. But, uh, I thought that they sounded, great um got to meet a few of them backstage and they couldn't have been nicer um i said it before and i'll say it again uh diana leah had a very unenviable job of following up a very well-known and and loved vocalist for a very well-known and popular metal band and i think she really not only did it with grace and humility but some of the best songs that the band has ever written. Um, I don't know if, if, uh, 
Martine and Charlotte were sharing songwriting duties. And so Martine was not uh, like just crunch, you know, crunching out these bangers or whatever, but Holy, I just can't get over like how this album was just such a, such a surprise for me just because I really didn't know what to expect. And it's funny because I remember somewhere towards the beginning of the year, I had messaged Glenn um, and I just said to him, I was like, when you book this band for Prague power, did you, did like Martin send you any, like, did you have any idea what to expect? And he goes, honestly, it was a complete shot in the dark. Um, And I said, well, I think it's going to work out because their new album is out of this world. And uh, sure enough, I I believe it was on uh, Glenn's top 50 list as well uh, for 2023. But man, I, I I can't say enough about this one. This was a, and this one, I will say, this and my number one album pretty much were like 1A, 1B. I, I had to pick one, and I think I just enjoyed listening to my number one the last time I listened to it so much. It kind of just pushed it ahead by like a millimeter. But, man, I have to say, like, my top ten, I just enjoyed the hell out of all these albums. I mean, they probably could be in any order, really. Um, but this is kind of what I decided I wanted to set in stone but um yeah i i I just really enjoyed this album a lot and if you kind of gave up on delane i know our mutual friend justin like was not a fan of some of the charlotte era stuff and i think they won him over with this album and their performance of prog power i would say uh give him a shot because um this is a a new delane or or an old new delane i don't know i don't know how you want to put it but uh just really good stuff. Early on in the year, this was my album of the year. I loved it. And I couldn't believe how good it was. And maybe I had low expectations. I don't know. But like it just blew me away the first time I listened to it. And it didn't really drop very much for me throughout the year. I think it's a little unbalanced with the beginning and the end both being so outstanding. Um, but I would argue that The Quest and The Curse might be, might be their best song ever. I... Well, the second I heard that song, I just kept listening to it over and over. And that is not something I usually do, but I loved it. Um, this was a no doubt top five disc for me. It was melodic. It was poppy. It was enjoyable. It ultimately settled at number four. So I'm right there with you. This album is fantastic. I guess that means that Does Delane too- and Crown are pretty much tied for uh, the album of the year. unless Unless we both have... At number one, Twilight Forces at the heart of Wintervale. Um, I gotta say, um, when uh, I believe his name was uh, Christian, the the uh, previous singer from Twilight Force, uh, Christian Erickson, yes. Um, when he left the band, I-, I thought that he had such a a distinct and unique <coughs> voice. I, I thought it was going to be like, you know, I was just not going to dig this band anymore. I kind of, that's kind of what happened with Glory Hammer with me. Uh, that was a band that they had my album of the year, I think, a few years ago. And this year, um, their newest album came in at number 39 for me. And I, and a lot of that has to do with just uh, the change in vocalist was so jarring for me. This is... The opposite. Alessandro Conti came in. 
He's the singer from Trick or Treat. He came in and he absolutely fits this band to a T. Uh, it was we the one the first single I heard I, I I thought was a little bit weird and then I got over it really quickly. Um, this is the metal that I fell in love with with Rhapsody when I was seven you know sixteen seventeen years old. Um, this, except this is better than anything Rhapsody has done in years. Um, it's so uplifting. It it it's listen if you think that like medieval symphonic power metal is cheesy well guess what uh this isn't going to change your mind <laughs> but uh, i absolutely love this album it was um really up there all year this was another one that came out pretty early in the year but this just never wavered for me um and and i listened to it again recently and just was like damn like this band just keeps getting better and better so um yeah, in my top 25, uh, bands that are playing at Prague Power next year that would be Twilight Force, No Spoon, Angra. Um, I think that wasn't there, was there one other one on this list? Maybe not. Oh, uh, Love Bites. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Um, but yeah, this, this was, uh, this was such a, a great album. My, my Power Metal album of the year and my Prog Metal album of the year are both playing on the same night at uh prog power oh and scar symmetry as well on that same night so three bands playing in one night that are in my so you got your melodic death metal album your power metal album and your exactly so i guess milton knows how to pick them but uh yeah this was number one for me um this is just one of those albums for me where i'm like justin either um like this or like heard it once and was like oh my god this is ridiculous and didn't go back to it it was definitely one of those two I listened to this album when it first came out, and even I was like, wow, this is good. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. I thought the production was better than anything they had done. I thought the orchestration was better. But most importantly, I thought the songwriting was just better than anything they had done in the past. It was just really catchy, uh, just as cheesy as ever. But this is – if you like your uh, if you like your power metal with flowers – this is this is gonna scratch that itch ten times over. Um, for a while, it was my number one power metal album of the year. Ultimately, Theocracy and Anger would take that flame and and run with it a bit. But this this definitely was in my top twenty five. It came in at number twenty one. It was top ten for a while, man. It just it this got bumped probably within the last six weeks, and it it went down, but it never it never fell out of the top twenty five for me. Which is saying something because I think when you see my list, there's a lot of stuff in there that's a little more my cup of tea that you might not have enjoyed, um, but a, a worthy choice. And I would have guessed this or Delane, so I guess I was right because I hit two out of the three. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, the, the, I, I just – man, all it took for me was to go back and listen to the very first track, which is called Twilight Force. And – the last 30 seconds of that song is some of the most epic music I've ever heard written. And just the way that it ends is just so triumphant. And it's just like, you, you guys nailed it. You just absolutely nailed it. So I, I'm so excited to see this band live again um, now with uh, Alessandro at the helm with uh, doing vocals. But yeah, th- this is just a band that I have come to just look forward to new releases from. Um there again, you know, there's there's an opening for my favorite modern power metal band now that Power Quest is is retired. Uh, so 
Twilight Force might be uh, in contention to to fill in that spot. So we'll see. Maybe Johannes has a sophomore album that that is ready to move on to number one on my list in one of these future years. But uh, I will say overall, this I thought this was such a great year. Uh, twenty twenty three was such a great year for music, and in all honesty, I have and you'll see it when it gets posted later in the week, but the albums that I had it from 26 to 50 were all really good albums that I enjoyed a lot. So there was just a lot to like that came out it, it, last year in 2023. Hell, like even looking at like my 51 through 75, there's a lot of albums that I really uh, enjoyed, but just there was stuff that I just happened to enjoy more. So um We'll be posting uh, our our lists later in the in the week with the 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 back half of our top fifty. And if anybody's really interested in knowing what my you know fifty one through one hundred are, uh, feel free to ask. I'll be happy to let you know because I actually did order them all. I remember when I when making I think the first time we did one of these, I struggled to come up with twenty like a top twenty five. I didn't even have a top fifty. I just did a top twenty five, and now I, I had one hundred and twelve albums. I listen to and rank so um so much for free time i guess <laughs> uh, um i actually want to touch on one of the things you said so um before i get into my list i just want to say i think that unlike other years this year i felt like was a little there were a couple of albums at the top but if you kind of took i don't know album 11 through probably 75 for me on any given day, given my mood, it could have moved up or down 30 or 40 slots. I don't know that there was that much of a disparity between the, between that. So when you look at my list, you know, ultimately I think that you're going to say, Oh, this album, how could it have been at 48 or how could it have missed the list? The reality is anything that was kind of in the conversation was, was not that far off from being in the top, you know, 12 or 15. I think the really, the cream really rose to the top with like the top 10 or so. Uh, those are albums that really kind of hit me for one reason or another. And I'll, I'll get to those uh, momentarily as I make my way through the list. Yeah, very good. I, I think probably one of the biggest drops for me I had, and you're going to laugh, but I had the Angus McSix and the sort of power album ranked pretty high initially. And the more I listened to it, just the, the goofier, I think it got, and there was just other stuff that I liked more. It ended up making, it's in my top 50. I have it at um, number 32, but it was significantly higher at one point. It came out earlier in the year, so I think it had that working for it. Um, It still was a million times better than I could have possibly imagined an album by a guy named Angus McSix could possibly be. Uh, But it's a very fun album. and it's on that list, but that was, you know, you had asked about things that, you know, moved drastically up and down the list. That was probably one of the ones that dropped the most. I'm lo- just looking through. It doesn't look like mostly everything else kind of, uh, if I hadn't mentioned it already, kind of pretty much uh, stuck where it landed initially, um, which I guess means I should have a little bit more confidence in my initial reaction towards things. But um that's uh yeah that's pretty much it there's a few other things i'll probably mention when we talk when we go through your albums and if not when we talk about some of our um year-end awards uh but uh because if you know me you'd probably say there's one band that seems to be notoriously missing from that list i'm gonna get to that i'm curious as to 
why or what happened or what have you, but I bet I can guess who it is. No, I'm sure you can. Well, all right. So let's uh, let's start mine, shall we? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, how much overlap did we have? And I think between your list and mine, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It looks like there was about fifteen in common from my 50 to your 25. So for whatever that's worth, uh, the rest of which I'm kind of curious as I go through mine to see if any of these are on your list in any way, shape or form. I have a feeling some might be, I have a feeling others might not be, uh, but uh, away we go, shall we? At number 25, a Norwegian prog metal band that literally came out of nowhere. I had never heard of this band. They were called... Uh, Mayfire, and the album was called Cloudscapes and Silhouettes, and they basically do this brand of modern prog metal, which was like intoxicating when I first heard it. Um, it was really, really good with this lush sound, and if you like melodic keyboards and um, not so much a Dream Theater Images and Words vibe, but something that a band like a Caligula's Horse is doing, I think you'd really like this. Although I think the keyboards are more prominent in the mix. And, and as I said, every time I went back to it, I just really enjoyed this one. Um, so much so that it, it came in at number 25. Nice. Uh, I honestly don't think I've even heard of the band. So nice. that'll be one I'll have to check out. I think you will. Uh, I think there's a chance you could really like that one. Um, and I know you like number 24 because it's a band we've talked about already. And that was Art Nation with um, their newest album. And, and I got to be honest with you, when I was going back and I was listening to this album called Inception, the thing that stood out to me more so than prior Art Nation albums was that, that it had a little bit more balls to it. For a melodic hard rock band, um, it just seemed like they were writing a little bit heavier material and I really gravitated towards it. And although I don't know that it holds a candle to the new Crown album, it was really good. And every time I went back to this, I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it. I liked it too. They're just, there was a handful of albums in that area that I liked a little bit more. Even um, the, the Cray album, uh, three weightless. Yeah. I had um, at number 37, which was four slots higher than art nation. I, I thought that was quite good as well. But um those two plus crown and eclipse uh, were probably my four favorite uh, of that, you know, frontiers, uh, you know, type stuff. But I agree with you that this art nation album had a little bit more of a bite than some previous ones that were almost um, kind of like a so- like a softer version of, of eclipse or dynasty. And so um, good year for, uh, I-, I don't know the vocalist name off the top of my head, but good year for him. Cause those two albums were both very good. Oh, his name is Alexander Strandell and he's fucking ridiculously fantastic. I just, that, that voice, man, I, it doesn't matter what the guy sings, but because of his, the strength behind his vocals, I almost want him to do heavier stuff because it really gives him a chance to kind of soar over the top of some of this stuff. So, uh, I'm glad you like both though. I really, I really am. Um, and as I kind of go through this list, we're going to get to some bands that I'm, I'm actually curious to see. Some I don't know if you've heard. Others I'm, I'm curious to see if maybe you just flat out didn't like as much as some of the stuff that you mentioned. So uh, one of those albums is, is comes in at number 23. And I'm, I'd be lying if I knew exactly how to say this band. 
The album is called The Approbation. The 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 band is called Arkvurst. Um I don't it was on Glenn's list, although I don't know how he even heard about them, but I remember hearing this album when it first came out. And I said to myself, this is something that I am going to fall in love with over the course of the year because it was this seamless blend of Porcupine Tree and Opeth, which is two of my favorite things like blended together. So like I'm like I'm all on board with these guys. And it was an album that was on my list. And then I went back to it in November after not listening to it for a few months. And I'm like, yeah, this album holds up exceptionally well. I was a big fan of these guys. Don't know where they came from. Don't know how they appeared. But as soon as I heard this disc, I knew it was a winner. It's uh, it's it's. What is that that quote? Uh, like, is it from Pokemon? Like, a, a wild Arcvist appears. <laughs> um, I I saw them on Glenn's list, and I really had every intention to go and listen to like all the bands uh, from Glenn's list that I was not aware of, and there were many. Uh, but I just never got around to it. They were his number four album of, of 2023, so he obviously um, felt pretty strongly about it. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back and check that them out uh, on your playlist because I, I I missed this one unfortunately. But yeah, I was aware of them from thanks to his list. Yeah, very good. I I, I think you'll uh, get some enjoyment out of that one. May take a little while, but I think you'll get there. Um, at number 22. Um, I had no idea that Rush was putting out an album this year, but they did. Except instead of a three-piece, the band's a two-piece, and they're called Crownlands. And the album, um, which was one of the bigger surprises this year, was called Fearless. Holy smokes. This is like Rush meets Coheed and Cambria with just two guys. And I don't know how they're able to do this, but this album I just got a lot of pleasure out of. It, obviously, the, the, the Rush connection is strong but it's really just because i thought the songwriting was great i thought the production was great and it was one of those albums that like i completely wasn't expecting to hear anything in this style let alone done in such a high quality manner so it it made the list it came in at number uh 22 and if anything that might be a touch low i had this this album at number 31 um nice that's high for you i like this one a lot um it reminded me of my favorite era of Rush, which is like the early '80s when they kind of went through like their new wave Rush phase. Yeah, uh, definitely, I definitely get some of that Coheed vibe as well. But um, this is an absolutely impressive beast of an album done by two people. Like, but uh, man, if you like old school Rush, there's nothing that you're not gonna like about this this is really cool and i was surprised at how much i enjoyed it but i'm with you the songwriting is just really top notch um i I enjoyed this one a lot and it was it was probably in my top 25 at at a certain point in time and just kind of got crowded out but um i i definitely recommend this to anybody who likes rush or rush adjacent type music uh yeah well said well said now correct me if i'm wrong they're playing prog power this year as well uh, not to my knowledge. No? Okay, I, for some reason I thought they might. Must be... they're the mystery band for day one? No, I, I for some reason I thought that they. Uh, I thought that they were on the lineup, but I guess I was wrong about that. Um, I wouldn't it, have been sad if they were. No, that makes two of us. I was kind of looking forward to seeing them, so I'm. I'm shame I'm wrong about that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, as we move through this, uh, Twilight Force at twenty one, 
10 at 20, and that gets us to number 19, which is Italy's Noveria, and the album is called The Gates of the Underworld. This is one of those under-the-radar bands with great production, great technical ability, and great songs, and it's just kind of how I like my modern prog metal. This is a band that should be much bigger than they are because they have a bunch of releases, and every one is better than the next, and I don't quite understand why nobody talks about them along with the greats like your Hakens and your symphony X's or anything like that. But this album was really good. If you, if you had a chance to listen to it, I had this one at number 43. Okay. Uh, I, I enjoyed this one as well. I thought it was very good. Probably could have stood to listen to it a couple more times. Sure. I think I only got a chance to listen to it twice, start to finish, but it's still, Managed to make it in my top 50. That's how, how much I enjoyed it. Nice. That's that's definitely telling to me. Um, I, I I also could have spent some more time with it, but I the, the few listens that I had, I'm like, this this definitely has to make the list in a, in a fairly high spot. Uh, Anger at 18, as I mentioned. And now we get to number 17, which is definitely one of the biggest surprises of the year. Uh, if you would have told me that this album was making the list, I probably would have laughed. And then all of a sudden I heard it. I'm like, this is about as close to an album that we covered on the podcast as I've heard from this band. And with each listen, it just kind of went up and up and up. And it kind of settled in here at number uh, number 17. The band is mercenary. The album is soundtracked for the end times. This is not a perfect mercenary album, but it is by far their best since Hours That Remain. It was a really big treat for me and a really nice surprise. If this is the return of of the band that I love, we can do a lot worse. I love this album, and it just over time, I realized how much I actually enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, This one fell slightly outside of my top 50. I had it at uh, 54. Um, but uh, I did enjoy it. Um, I thought I enjoyed the Scar Symmetry album a bit more, but um, this was very good. It might have suffered from the fact that I heard uh, that uh, the name, name that album again that you mentioned. Hours that remain. Yeah, the fact that I heard that album also for the first time in 2023 probably didn't help. Listen, but, if, uh, if that album had come out this year, I think it would still be my album of the year. So I'm with you. Yeah, but still, it was a very solid album, and I probably the the. The, the my favorite uh, modern mercenary album since it's probably the only one I've listened to start to finish. So, but uh, good choice. Yes. Nice, nice. Uh, the the next band was a complete surprise for me insofar as I had no idea that the band was back together or that they, if they had never left, it was their first release in five years. They're a Boston, Massachusetts prog metal band called Aviations, and the album is called Luminaria. This shit is modern prog metal at its absolute best. Um, The fact that it's been five years and they didn't miss a beat is incredible to me. Um, The adjectives I would use are catchy, thoughtful, like thought-provoking music, uh, beautiful, and brutal. And it really just kind of checks off all of those boxes in absolute – um, pleasure to have these guys back. I was a big fan of their last album. Uh, it was good to see them again. I'm just hoping they get on some tours because it's a band that I would love to see live at some point. Uh, I was aware of the band. I didn't realize they had an album or or I just missed it uh, in 2023. So that's one I'll have to go back to. 
Okay, very good, very good. Um, Temperance at 15, Theocracy at 14. And that brings me to one of the more extreme albums of the year that came in at number 13. This album, you know, as I look at my list, I'm like, 13, damn, I'm shocked it's not in my top 10, but maybe that's just a bit of a testament to those that come after this. But this was a complete surprise for me. The band is called Fires in the Distance. The album is called Air Not Meant for Us, and they are a Connecticut-based doom death metal band that I just kept coming back to time and time again. Um, what really did it for me is that the heaviness of the vocals and the and the guitar riffs was really accented by some awesome keyboard work. Uh, this is a band to keep an eye on, and for those that have never heard this band, do yourself a favor and go out and listen to this album. It had just enough of the catchiness to go along with the brutality that I was like just blown away from jump street. Uh, really nice guys as well. And I, I just hope that the uh, future is even brighter for these guys. Uh, I listened to them on your recommendation and they came in at number 64 for me. Uh, I enjoyed the album. It just wasn't quite enough to push its way into the top 50. Again, probably something I could have, listen to a couple more times, but there are some of these more uh, heavy albums on the outside looking in for me. Um, Nea Bliviscaris uh, being another one that was, I have at uh, 63 and um, you know, just uh, some of the stuff that's a little outside my wheelhouse kind of landed in that, you know, <coughs> 51 to 75 range. So I'll, I'll continue to mention them as we uh, go through the rest of your list. Good. I, I hope you do. And I'll actually use this as a segue to just mention a couple of albums that were outside of the top 25 that were in my top 50 bands that I think a lot of people just might not have heard of because they're a touch more obscure, but they, they deserved a place on the list, albeit just didn't make my top 25. Uh, one of those albums was a band called Halifron. The album was called Prey. It came in at 44 for me. Basically, it's Epica albeit without the female vocals. It is just top-notch symphonic death metal, and I kept going back to that one as as well. Really good stuff. I think you in particular might like that, although I think that not having Simone might be a little bit of a uh, hurdle for you, but... Yeah, but I, I feel that way about Green Day. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> well, well, well. Basically, said, any right band from. that doesn't have Simone in it is, is makes me sad. That's a that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I, 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 you, you mentioned Neabla Viscaris. I have them at number forty three. Uh, another album I loved at number forty was a band called On Thorns I Lay. Uh, this was an album that didn't make the list at first, but then I just kept going back to it and I got too much of enjoyment out of it to not make the list, the the list at some point. It was just a perfect blend of melody, doom and death. Uh, it just wasn't as good as fires in the distance to me, but it was, it was definitely in that like genre, if you will. And then uh, two black metal albums, Siemra, The Thread of Darkness, uh, number 36, and Moonlight Sorcery, Horned Lord of the Thorn Castle by Black Metal Album of the Year. Of particular interest because it has a lot of power metal elements to it. It was almost like a blend of black metal and power metal. And uh, every time I heard it, I thought of you. It's saying this might be the first black metal album that could possibly appear on your list. So just a couple of things I'd be remiss not to mention. 
I I don't think I was aware of any of the bands you just listed, so I'm uh, except for Nabla Viscaris, obviously. So I will definitely give those a listen when your playlist uh, makes its way to me. Uh, I, I look forward. To, I look more forward to hearing of the stuff I'm not familiar with than the stuff that I've already heard. Sure. It's always I'm always interested to hear um, stuff that you hold in high regard that I'm not re- that I don't really know. So I'm looking forward to listening to some of this stuff. Nice. Um, I, I, uh, I, I definitely enjoy making that set list. I think that it's one of those things that, uh, if you haven't heard it, definitely check out our Spotify pages because everything will be posted there. And it's a good kind of catch all for some of this stuff as we kind of run through it pretty quickly. Uh, and as we approach the top 10, we, we get to number 12 with Temek. And the album is called Terror Management Theory. This was a late edition. It, it came out in November. But God, I played this album a lot for the six weeks that uh, I got to listen to it before the end of the year. It's a bit of a modern prog metal supergroup in many ways with former members of uh, Mike Portnoy's Shattered Fortress and Neil Morse and obviously Haken. But this album was really good. The issue that I had with it, the reason it wasn't even higher was that I thought that some of the highs were outstanding and there were some parts of some songs that lost me a little bit. But overall, it was just such a good listen that it it did make its way pretty high on my list. Not the most accessible prog. I'm not surprised it didn't make your list. Uh, well, that's almost that's mostly because I didn't listen to it at all. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I that's saw true. it was I saw it on Glenn's list, and again, it was something I I had been meaning to get to, but just didn't get a chance to. I'm actually listening to uh, Mothala uh, right now as as we speak, and um, I could definitely see the appeal here. I, I think this is something that I'll probably like. Um, so yeah, cool uh, cool stuff. Nice. Um, as we get uh, deeper into the list, we get to number eleven. The this this is one of the few on my list that I just completely stole from Glenn because I say to that I had never heard of this band. I'm a little surprised it didn't make your list, and that's Blackbriar, the band, and the album is called A Dark Euphony. Um, this is the album that knocked Beyond the Black down my list a little bit because this was the real within temptation clone holy smokes i i'd never heard an album that sounded so much like mother earth to me but this one surely um did and i loved it so much that it just kept listening to it and it kept moving up my list um the last few months of the year yeah i wanted to listen to this one more than i did it still made my top 50 i have it at number 36 but um i agree this is like that old style of, of within temptation, uh, it seems like no one, or at least nobody's come close to recreating that within temptation included. Um, yeah, this, this was, this was really good for anybody who enjoyed that album. I, I echo your sentiments. Go listen to this. Cause it's really, uh, quite a throwback to that, that time, but done in, in kind of a modern way. Um, Probably, I, I'm guessing it would have ranked higher for me had I had a chance to listen to it more than twice, but um, I was really impressed with it the two times I listened to it. Nice. Um, so now we have finally cracked the top 10. Uh, and there's a handful of albums here that you just didn't have on your list for one reason or another. So um, let's kind of get to it. I think the first album on my top 10 list that you don't have on your list is because I'd be shocked if you ever heard it. And the album is called 
of Awakening, and the band is called The Circle. This is a short album from a bunch of German guys that describe themselves as art metal. Uh, and, and they kind of check off a lot of boxes here. Uh, aggression, disharmony, yet captivating the listener in a sorrow and haunting atmosphere. Uh, only five songs, but two of them are, are rather meaty in length. This was an album that was dark and haunting and brooding, but just short enough that I didn't feel like it was a slog by any means. So I kept going back to it. Really interesting. Uh, approach to to um, these compositions definitely worth a listen if you haven't heard them. Uh, I, I'm not sure I've heard of them at all, so yeah, have to give that one a a listen as well. I kind of just stumbled upon that one uh, at some point, and I just I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a really nice job with it. Um, at number nine, a surprise in that. Uh, I thought it was a bit of a departure for this band from their traditional sound, but just a trifle and for the better, arguably. The band is Catatonia. The album was called Sky Void of Scars. They, there was something a little less melancholy on this release, which I actually rather enjoyed. And, and as a result of the fact that they've kind of, they still have that like Soen slash Opeth sound. But it was just a touch more upbeat in spots while maintaining that core sound that was completely unexpected to me. And as a result, I, it, it was it was in the top 10. I just thought this release was fantastic. Ironically enough, they were announced for 70,000 tons of metal yesterday. Uh, a, a win all around for these guys. I can't wait to see them again. Uh, very nice. I listened to this album quite a bit when it first came out. And uh, I liked it. Um I liked it a lot. Probably one of my favorite Catatonia albums. It, it didn't rank super high for me. It, I have it at 85, um, but I, I did listen to it a lot. And it, I agree, it had a little bit more of a bite to it and a little bit less of that kind of dreariness, which I don't particularly love about Catatonia. Um, I, I thought it was a good album. And uh, like I said, I, I pretty much everything in my top 100, I enjoyed listening to. It's just a matter of how much. Um, but uh, I... I've seen this on a number of people's lists rank pretty high up, so I'm not terribly surprised to see it high on yours. Yeah, that very, very good. Um, as we march on, number eight, by far the number one thrash metal album of the year for me, and that's Angelus Apatrita. The album was called Aftermath. Um, arguably the best production I've ever heard on a thrash album, and I like how they would – deviate just a touch from their core sound as well but not in a way where they ever stray from their roots as probably the best modern thrash band in my eyes just genre defining stuff here and every time i wanted to listen to something fast and aggressive and thrashy i just went back to this album these guys are flag bearers in a number of ways and um if the if the future is is any brighter than this, then they're going to be releasing stuff that could compete with an album of the year. Wow, uh, big words. Um, I have yet to listen to anything from this band, so I'm very curious uh, when um, that playlist drops. I definitely will be keeping a, a particular ear out uh, for them. I have uh, a definitely. suspicion you're going to like them for some reason. I don't know why. 
Well, like I said, Overkill made my top 100 this year, so uh, you know anything's possible. <laughs> it's a, it's a dawn of a new era. Uh, I like it. Um, as we get to number seven, this was an album I was a little surprised was not on your list, and I only say that because from the second I heard it, I was like, this is really quality melodic metal from a guy who just writes such great songs. I, I was just surprised. And, and the album is called Hunt the Flame. It's Magnus Carlson's Freefall coming in at number seven for me. Just one of the most gifted, talented songwriters around with a completely random, incredible array of vocal performances uh, from a number of relatively unknowns, Just, but just a beautiful listen straight through. And I, I loved it every time I played it. Do you know why it was not on my list? You haven't heard it. No, because it was at number 26. Whoa, okay. <laughs> So yep, not far just off. Missed. Just missed the list. <laughs> Obviously, yep. you like this one as well. Yes, definitely. I, I mean, all his albums are always great. Um, I mean, he's got his hands in a lot of stuff, but the, as far as the free fall stuff goes, uh, haven't heard one I haven't liked yet, and this one I think was particularly good. I kind of didn't. I kind of forgot about it after the first time I listened to it, and when I went back and listened to it again, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this was this was very good. Yeah, very good stuff. So. Yeah, that that uh, was is definitely in my top fifty and just missed the top twenty five. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, at number six, a band you mentioned on your list, and that is the new Sorcerer album, Reign of the Reaper. We covered this in long form, so I will not belabor the point other than to say, Doom album of the year. This album was such an enjoyable listen. Uh, a pleasant surprise. I'm glad we did a deep dive on it and um, just really hit home. I just thought they just kind of pushed the envelope in certain ways that they hadn't done on their prior releases, which was uh, all the right buttons being pressed. Well put. Uh, number. No, I don't think there's anything we could say that we haven't said already about that one. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in and go out pretty quickly on that one. <laughs> um, number five was another bit of a surprise to me because I was not so crazy about their last album. But this one, I thought they hit it out of the park. Uh, the band is Insomnium. The album is Anno 1696. Really surprising in, in many ways just because I don't want to say that their best was behind them, but I just didn't think that that Winter album was anything to write home about. And they'd released a couple of EPs that didn't really um, do much for me. But I thought that this particular release was really good. Um, an outstanding effort that just stayed high on my list and never dropped. I thought they just did a f really good job with this new album. Yeah, I liked it just fine. It fell outside of my top 100, but um, I, I definitely listened to it a bunch of times and not really my favorite type of music, but I uh, definitely appreciate it for what it is. I, I thought it was uh, it was good. I, I didn't I did not like it. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Um, we talked about the lane. We talked about Crown. Uh, I'm actually I'm, listening to Crown again right now. That's nice. how much I like Crown. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But I'm going to skip to number two, which is I'm an thinking maybe Crown goes on tour with Royal Hunt and it's the Royal Crown tour. You I know something? Um, uh, <laughs> as a big fan of RC Cola back in the day, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot Or you worse. could flip and have the Crown Royal tour. There you go. It, it's sponsored by... <laughs> Crown Royal. Um, we get to number two, an album which I am pretty sure is not on your list. It may not be on your list of anything. Um, a band that draws the ire of many, but draws 
the uh, draws dear, near and dear to my heart. Sleep tokens take me back to Eden. Um, this album had kind of come out to massive anticipation, and yet it just missed being my album of the year. There, there is not really any band out there that sounds like this right now. And I am just an, a massive fan of theirs after their last two albums. This band has blown up. I mean, there's nothing else to say, but they have blown up. They sold out Radio City Music Hall in about three minutes here in New York City. They are playing to a packed Red Rocks out in in, in Colorado. Um, you either love these guys or you hate these guys. I love them, and I am just so happy that they are getting the success that I think they otherwise deserve. Uh, all I can say about Sleep Token is Sleep Token is a band. <laughs> um, I think, And he, they are on my list. Where are they on your list? Uh, they are 112 out of 112. I will say nothing else. Um, and I'm not even going to say that I dislike the album. Um, it's just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. I just don't get it. Um, if you love them, great. Uh, just not really my cup of tea. I don't know if it, it, it one day it'll click for me, but uh, for now it's just not, uh, not happening. Um, it's just very average to me. I, I don't even think that it's bad. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's bad just because I don't love it. Cause I feel like that would be disingenuous, but um, there was just a lot of stuff I, I enjoyed more and I do not uh, begrudge anybody for ranking them high. Cause I know, Quite a few people had them not just at number two, but at number one. Um, so that's cool. Like anytime a band that's in our area of of you know coverage can blow up like this, it's a good it's good for all metal. So you wouldn't um, even say they're above average. We don't even have like a, a Mike Sanders uh, approach here. It's just not yet. Uh, mostly, okay. maybe the next album will will blow me away. I don't know. I don't really like the vocals, and I feel like that's a big part of any band for me so like getting past that is tough uh so gotcha i musically i it sounds like a lot of other um you know heavy prog bands that um i've it's interesting because like their songs are either like really chill or really heavy um it's 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 an interesting combination but uh yeah i i don't know it's it's just uh not not for me but uh you know good for good for everybody (laughs) else who seems to Enjoy them. I'll stick to Skyblazer. There you go. I, I like it. And uh, without further ado, my number one album of the year. The first time I heard it, I was giddy. The second time I heard it, I knew I had my album of the year. And nothing really got close. And that is No Spoons Opus. I, the second, like I said, after the second listen, I just knew this was my album of the year. I gave everything else a fair shot. Nothing came close. I am so excited to see this band live. I am going to absolutely lose it when they take the stage at Prog Power. Um, nothing again that I that I haven't already said when we talked about them in long form and did our interview with a couple of the guys from the band. But this album is far and away the album of the year for me. This album has staying power. Every time I go back to it, I'm blown away more than I was the last. Introspective lyrics. Um, just enough quirkiness to keep things interesting. Uh, a gem of an album. Uh, yeah, I like I said about uh, like I said about uh, um, 
Sorcerer, uh, what, what what could be said that hasn't been said already? In fact, even more was said about this band because we actually had two of their members on the podcast talk about it. Um, but uh, yeah, this album came out about halfway through the year and you pretty much told me this was your album of the year from Jump Street and you stuck with it. And I think that says a lot about the album and uh, I get it. I totally get it. Um, I've seen this one pretty high on some other people's lists as well. Uh, it was my prog metal album of the year, um, and I echo your sentiments that I um, am really looking forward to uh, seeing them live at Prog Power. I, I, I like that uh, Milton took a chance on these guys that don't really have much of a, a record as far as playing live, uh, just based on the the strength of the the album. So uh, thank you, Knox, <laughs> for bringing this album to our attention, and I think... Uh, collectively uh it should be ranked pretty high on on our collective list once that uh is compiled i uh echo those sentiments completely so um with although that- you do have to appre- you have to appreciate that our number one albums could not be more different it, between twilight force and no spoon <laughs> you're talking about i mean and the fact and throw throw a sleep token in there and you got three uh really wild uh differences but um, but yet we have the same number three with crown so yeah i i listen uh, it's uh we don't have completely diametrically opposed tastes just uh here and there yeah exactly that's what uh so it makes our our uh rapport work so well so with that i just want to kind of sum up and say this i thought it was a great year for Prague. i thought it was a good year for like a handful of power metal bands I thought it was a little disappointing for some of the doom and the death and the black and thrash and even prog rock I thought was a little weak by other years standards but that being said I think that there were many 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 more like solid releases this year when you compare to 2022 um, whereas it was almost hard to kind of discern between 38 and 22 for all intents and purposes they're pretty much the same to me i think that's very well said it's the 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 top 25 was pretty easy for me to order and then after that it just was like it was like comparing you know an 8.75 with an 8.7475 like you know it's just it's it's just uh it's tough and sometimes the tiebreaker for me a lot of times is I just look at two albums and go, which one of these would I rather listen to? And that's kind of what yeah. makes the decision. That that um that makes sense. And I, I just think um if 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 twenty twenty four is any indication or if it if, if it picks up with twenty twenty three left off, there's a lot to smile about. Well said. Well said. So let's go just through quickly some of these other categories that we often talk about. Um, did you have a song of the year? Nothing that really stood out. A lot of times there's like one song that just blows me away. Um, of all the songs that came out, um, I the, the one I listened to the most was Upside Down by Ad Infinitum. Um, I just think that's a really catchy tune. Um, and I guess rounding out the top three, I have... Uh, is is there anybody out there from Beyond the Black and Under the Blazing Sky from Skyblazer? I'd probably feel pretty good about calling those three of my favorite songs of the year, but I don't think there was just one song that really 
blew me out of the water. If, if it did, I forgot about it, so it couldn't have been that good. There you go. Um, for me, it was The Quest and the Curse by Delane. As I mentioned earlier, I was just blown away by that song, and it was a great introduction to the new lineup. And ultimately, um, I had mentioned this earlier as well, but kind of an honorable mention, 10 Something Wicked This Way Comes. I love the song. Uh, I just thought it was a really catchy song that I kept going back to all year. Yeah, I'm going to echo my own comment from earlier. And if you have not l- listened to this 10 album, uh, you you probably should. Yeah, well said. Well said. Um, best debut album, Skyblazer? <laughs> well, I mean, Skyblazer and No Spoon. Uh, yeah. Both. Um, yeah, I mean, I just Skyblazer in so far as they're the highest ranked uh, debut album on my list. Um, but uh I guess the second highest would be No Spoon. So uh, I guess they'll be worth mentioning too. And since they're your number one, I guess that's kind of a an easy one. Yeah, I mean, just for, for a debut album to be number one is incredible in many ways. And uh, sorry, guys, there's only one way to go, one place to go, and that is down because it, you've, you've, set the, you've set the bar high, my friends. You've set the bar yeah, it's high. Like, I feel like if we were doing this in 2003, we probably would have had like master plans debut album at number one except we both probably would have had it at number that's, one that's that listen I, I i no argument here that album to this day would be uh probably my album for 2003 um there you go biggest disappointment anything that just didn't hit the mark for you this year i have a few things i want to mention Same here in this one and i there's a band that i alluded to earlier we've now been talking for almost two hours and we have not mentioned this band once and they released an album last year, and if you knew either one of our tastes, you would be a little bit surprised that it's taken us this long to mention them, and they weren't in our top 25, and that's Voyager. Um, I like the album Fearless and Love just fine. Um, the problem is, is that Voyager is a band that, like, for me, an album of theirs not being in the top five for an album of the year... Is, is just a dis- disappointment in, in and of itself. And for me, this didn't even make my top 25. I had it at number 30. Okay. Um, I still liked it. It's still Voyager, a band that I love. But I just think they've, speaking of setting the bars high, they've set the bar so high uh, for me as a, as a fan of the band that it's tough for me to, I don't know. I, I feel like their style is changing a little bit in, in, in a direction that I isn't as that I don't enjoy as much as some of the earlier stuff. I mean, I think even their previous album, I had number five the year that it came out um, on my list. Although the list was, I think very, very short, Uh, but even still um, that one definitely comes to mind. Um, I'm going to look through my list because I know I had a couple others, but uh, you say things now. Yes, I will. Um, Just to uh, come full circle on that, Voyager came in at number 35 for me. So we were about the same. Uh, Didn't make the top 25. Didn't completely miss the mark on that one. But I have two albums that – one was just flat out terrible. The other one I just had higher expectations for – I don't know if anyone had a chance to listen to the new Virgin Steel album, uh, but if you have, I'm so sorry. It was god awful. Um, just a huge disappointment. 
I don't know what else to say. It was just an awful album. Like, not good, not below average, just awful. And the second album was Arjun's Supersonic Revolution. I wanted to like this album. At one point, it was on the list because almost like a placeholder because I thought I was going to like it more. And it just – I don't know, man. Like, it wasn't bad. I just didn't really like it. And then I would go back to it. I'm like, yeah, I still don't really like it. And it just never made it to, onto the list. Uh, that was another one I wanted to mention too, because I, when I saw that this was coming out, I was like, this is a guaranteed top 25 for me. I mean, even the last Arion album, which a lot of people didn't think was one of the better Arion albums, I think was in my top 15 the year it came out. Yeah. I mean, it's Aaron, but this one was a miss for me. I didn't dislike it. Uh, it actually came in just under 100 at number 99 for me. Um, I thought it was a little bit bloated. Um, the music was good, but like nothing, there wasn't even one song that really blew, like just like, man, I just think of like every uh, star one album. The first track just blows my socks off on all three albums. And like on, on this one, I just, you know, I think it was more of a, a pet project. Um, and it was definitely a tribute to the, the seventies era of prog rock. Um, but yeah, it didn't really hit the mark for me either. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, another one that I was a little bit, I wouldn't say it was disappointing. I think it was just over, overhyped by one of our listeners, um, was Zandria's The Wonders Still Awaiting. Um, I've, I've always been a big fan of Zandria. Uh, I thought the album was very good. I didn't think it was, uh, I think it was, uh, I think Brian said it was his album of the year and he, he said that for most of the year. I have them at number 33. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, but um, I think just the fact that they didn't crack the 25, uh, top 25 for me makes it the slightest bit, I guess, the slightest bit uh, disappointing. And I guess I'll also mention DGM, and I think it's just because the album came out so late in the year. I have them at number 48. I thought it was a, a very good album, but I just don't think that I had enough time uh, for it to really marinate, um, it probably would rank higher if the, if I had more time to uh, listen to it. Um, I do want to ask you this though. Um, I'm looking at my list here. Did you have Metallica's tw- 72 Seasons anywhere in your list, or was it even on your list at any point? Um, I no. had them. I had it at number 61. Uh no, nowhere, nowhere on my list is that album. I just. It didn't – the first time I heard the first single, I said to myself, this has real potential, but I just didn't think the album was that great. Not that it was bad. I just – it didn't – It listen to Angelus Apatrita and then listen to the Metallica. And- I, I, I would say it's probably my favorite Metallica album, you know, since – Robert Trujillo joined the band. Sure. I would say use that as a as a measuring stick. I think um, that's fair. I feel like the, the albums actually have – got uh, have gotten better and better since saint anger at, at least their <laughs> the trajectory is going up i think since that point in time over the last uh 20 or so years um but uh whereas i think megadeth made my top 50 last year metallica did not um and and i did mention you know within temptation just another band that was like a guaranteed top 25 for me in the past just uh, they're just uh, they're they're just become like just okay to me. Um, I, I thought Bleed Out had some okay moments, but 
I think also like slowly releasing the singles over the last like two years kind of, I don't know, it made it feel almost piecemealed. Um, so for whatever reason, it didn't really resonate too much with me, unfortunately. I, I wanted to like the new Fandom Elite more than I did. I thought that me their too. previous album was a lot better. Not bad. Uh, just um, they ranked a lot lower than I, I thought they would have. Um, yeah, and I guess that's pretty much it. I don't want to, you know, dwell too much. But um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty, mu- pretty much all I'll say in that category. I mean, like I said... If it's in the top 100 for me, I, I enjoyed it. I think that's well said. I think that's well said. Um, moving along, best cover art. Anything jump out at you? Because there's one that really I just loved. Uh, you you go, and I'll, I'll just tell, say that um, that the one you chose was also my favorite. <laughs> so it's, an, it's a band that uh, I don't think was on your list, and that's Haken. But I thought the monkey in the suit really just did it for me. Um, I thought he was really cute. So I'm, I'm giving it to Haken. Uh, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned them because they were um, this they were a big disappointment for me this year. I know a lot of people really loved Fauna. Uh, I listened to it a bunch of times, and... The last time I listened to it, I mean, this band, this album was pretty much towards the bottom of my list. I will say the la- the last time I heard it, I started to pick up on some of what is enjoyable about it. I listened to it, uh, I think, five times, um, but it, it, it's, it was just stuck at 86 for me. I actually have Catatonia ahead of it, if you can believe it. Um, huh. I thought it was good, but uh, there's just Haken albums that I enjoy uh, quite a bit more, and I thought... No Spoon kind of stole their thunder, I think, in, in 2023. Nice. I, I can totally uh, understand that. Were they on your list? I don't remember Haken, hearing you mention them. Yeah. Aiken was number 47, so I did not mention yeah. them, but they did make the list. It was too good not to make the list, but it was too disconjoined to go higher up, if that makes sense. Like, I enjoyed it, but, like, I didn't. it didn't blow me away. Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt, except lower less less blown away <laughs> there you go um best comeback you mentioned them earlier to me whether it's delane or whether it's camelot you can pick your pick but both of them were phenomenal comeback albums yeah i mean the it's it's interesting i probably would i probably would say more so camelot because i liked delane's previous album sure. i think it's just the the surprise comeback as far as like coming back from the edge of oblivion uh <laughs> For Delane, because I mean, when I remember when they broke up and we did our episode on April Rain, it was almost like we were kind of uh, eulogizing the band at That's the right. time. That's right. Uh, and and for them to come back, I I thought that their um, I, I believe it was um, Apocalypse and Chill was their their last album with Charlotte. I, there was um, probably one of my all time favorite Delane songs is on that album. But again, like I mentioned before, I think having her uh, Charlotte and Martine kind of splitting the songwriting kind of made the delay, the previous Delane albums feel, feel a little uneven or disjointed. Um, and this just feels like such a more complete, like what, you know, almost like a, a singular vision. Um, but, uh, yeah, Camelot for me probably has to be the biggest jump in quality for, for one band for me from one album to the next. Um, and at least for me personally, like, uh, like I'd mentioned before a band like 10 who I hadn't listened to in years for them to come in 
and just blow me away and, and end up with an album in my top, t- top 10, uh, no pun intended. Um, and I, I would throw accent star as well in that just because I kind of lost track of them for a little while. And I thought that they really brought it with their, uh, their latest album. So nice. those are the, yeah, those are the ones I would mention for sure. What was your best concert of the year? Oh man. You know, it's funny. I, I don't think I really stopped to think about this. Um, I would say it was it would have had to have been at Prague Power only because I really didn't see a lot of concerts this year. Obviously, you saw um, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween and and Power Wolf definitely come to mind. Um, yeah, I guess it would have to be that Halloween show. It was my first time seeing uh, Michael Kisk sing live, and and my first time seeing the the Pumpkins United uh, group um, when they busted out. With save us, I, I I almost I almost uh, wet myself right in the <laughs> middle of the floor there. Um, yeah, thank you for reminding me about that. It, it almost feels like it happened like the year before. I kind of forgot that was uh, 2023. Um, as far as uh, Prague Power goes, uh, I would say Battle Beast set at Prague Power was probably my favorite set of the of the four days uh, or the three days that I actually witnessed. Um, And that probably would be my number two favorite uh, set of the year. I thought they really just, uh, I don't know if they were like, if they just are always that good or they were just like wanted something to prove being in that second from the bottom slot as a replacement band, but boy, they, they put on a headliner worthy performance. Uh, So I would definitely, put them on that uh, list as well. Nice. Um, for me... Oh, uh, and, and uh, honorable mention to Vola, uh, a band that I had no knowledge of going into the year, and they I thought their live performance was out of this world. Good. I, you know, I got to be honest. I thought they were great too. Um, but when it, when, it, when it all boils down to for me is obviously every time I see Halloween with Kiss, but the Power Wolf show, man, like they made a believer out of me. So those were the two just because... I wasn't expecting either of them to be as good as it was. It was just mind blown for both of them. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that a lot as well. Biggest surprise album or band? Probably Angus McSix because my expectations were less than zero uh, for, for that album, and it ended up being a, a, a lot of fun, albeit goofy as hell. Um, I guess there should be uh, some credit to. Um, the uh, I forget his name, but the guy from Orton Ogan, who um, I believe had a hand in the songwriting here. But um, I, I got to tell you, man, I was not expecting uh, Angus McSix to be ranked ahead of Glory Hammer, but here we are. Um, they are on my uh, list. I have Angus at 32 and Glory Hammer at 39. I just enjoyed the Angus McSix album more, and I just happened to enjoy his vocals, even if he's not the best live singer. Um, I just think in the studio, he has such a unique sound and the songs were, were fun. Um, so yeah, I would say that, um, at least for like a positive surprise, uh, the, the negative surprises, I feel like we've kind of gone through, um, anything kind of, uh, pop into your head. Um, I'd probably, you know, no spoon aside, I would say either the circle or fires in the distance. Like I mentioned earlier, both in and around my top 10, both of which I hadn't heard of prior to the you know the year starting, so 
I think all three of them in their own way, the fact that they all were so high on my list is is very telling, all of which were big surprises. Yeah, I think uh, if you just kind of go back and listen to some of the things that I'd mentioned, uh, there were a few things that kind of caught me off guard in, in, in a good way, whether because the band was brand new or I hadn't been paying attention to them in a while. Um, but there were, uh, I think, a lot of pleasant surprises. I will mention I, I enjoyed Floor Jansen's solo album quite a bit. Huh. It was not a, uh, not a metal album by any stretch, but um, really uh, just good songwriting and catchy, more of a kind of a pop album than anything else. But it was cool to hear Floor uh, do something a little bit different than the typical symphonic uh, metal style that we're used to. Um, I had it at number 44. I, I, I thought it was a, a nice, high. yeah, I thought it was a nice little, uh, escape from the usual. I also had, uh, the Foo Fighters in my top 50 nice. at, uh, number 29 with, uh, but here we are. I, I, I really enjoyed, that's probably my first Foo Fighters album. I've really enjoyed it in, in a few years. And, uh, I think there was a lot of emotion behind this one after Taylor Hawkins passed away. Um, but, uh, I, I, I like this one a lot and, um, it's probably one of the least metal albums I have on this, on this list, but I, I felt like I'd be remiss to not, uh, give them the credit that was due. Nice. I, I like it. I like it. Um, I thought that was a good album as well. It didn't make my list, but I remember listening to it and being like, yeah, this is enjoyable for sure. Um, as we keep going down the list here, do you have a favorite cover song from the year? Cause I have three that stand out to me. Oh man. I, I have a, uh, a few. Um, and, uh, I, they, uh, there's three of them all on one playlist that I, uh, came out with at the end of the year. And, um, if I can just figure out how to use a mouse, um, it was, a, it, it was a little bit of a, uh, threesome of 80s songs with uh i just died in your arms by lord of the lost separate ways by exit eden and mighty wings by glory hammer uh i don't know why i pronounce it like that glory hammer uh, but um i don't know man i have to say power wolf's version of bark at the moon might be uh my favorite of the year i, I thought that they really knocked that one out of the park and uh that's one of my all-time favorite aussie songs and i thought they did they really did it justice Good, good choice. I forgot about that one. That was good. Um, if you would have asked me up until about a month ago, I had two on my list and then a third just eclipsed them both. Um, the ones I was talking about, Ronnie Romero doing Kind Hearted Light, awesome. And then Melissa Bonney and Adrian Cowan doing Lady Marmalade. I thought that was like really catchy. But the uh, my favorite of the year is actually Judicator. They covered the Curse of Feanor, and it was freaking amazing because you know they have a touch of that Blind Guardian sound in them to begin with. But I just thought that the cover was exceptionally well done. I did not know that existed. You I have, have to go to, listen yeah, to that when we are done. I, yep, did not know about that one. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and and check that out. Um, but yeah, yeah, some good. Uh, covers uh if if uh we were counting this year uh, we may have to include uh tommy johansson's uh version of no easy way out that literally dropped earlier today yeah uh, that was good check I, that out on youtube if you're a fan of the rocky four soundtrack did you um did you have any eps on your list that were noteworthy let's uh let's see nothing that really oh shocking terra came out with an EP. i was gonna say they did it again <laughs> della volta um 
it was a quiet year by their standards. Only one release. It was only an EP, but it was very good, and it was on my list. I would say, uh, for me, uh, it would either be um, Ghosts, Phantomime, for no other reason than the outstanding covers of uh, Jesus, He Knows Me, and Phantom of the Opera by Iron Maiden. I thought they... Um, it's, it's funny, as much as I can't get down on uh, Sleep Token... Uh, Ghost is a band that I happen to really enjoy. Huh. Um, and I thought some of these covers were really good. Um, and also, you know, Lane Genie came out with a, an album. It was only eight songs, so I kind of uh, <laughs> considered it an EP in my in my list. And it's really just a, a number of um, of covers from uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which was the most recent Kirby game. But I thought I would mention them because i thought um that was good uh palantir uh johannes's uh, other band had a ep called nightmare opus that had a lot of good stuff on it uh stream of passion um was back with uh beautiful warrior i don't know that i listened to any of these um eps enough to call any of them my favorite um terminal dusk was a band that reached out to us and they had a three-track EP that I thought was good called Marionette. Uh, Induction had an EP called The Power of Power that you recommended that I liked. Um, but I don't know if there's anything that I would uh, say uh, was better than the other. Although I did really enjoy the Isan EP, uh, Fashion, uh, Fascination Street Sessions. There's some good tunes on that. I'm looking forward to his uh, full-length album that's set to come out in 2024. Nice, nice. Um, the only thing I would add to that list is a Swedish band called Act, A period, C period, T period. Uh, they came out with an EP called Falling. This is a Swedish band, prog rock, that I've been listening to for a while. And although I think some of their stuff is better than other stuff, I thought their new EP was really, really enjoyable and, and definitely worth um, checking out if you're into prog rock. So yes. I wanted to Oh, add- and there was one other EP from a band called Vengeant, uh, and that it was called Mana, uh, four, four track EP. Um, it's a sym- symphonic progressive power metal, like all that good stuff all rolled into one. I, I thought this was good too. I guess if I had to pick one that I would probably choose this as my nice. favorite EP of the year. So, uh, as we get to the end of this thing, um, most anticipated release for next year or now this year. Uh, you know, Green Day is definitely up there. They have an album coming out next week, and um, their last album was probably my least favorite uh, Green Day album ever, and it wasn't, it's not close. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. I'm hoping that this one, at least from the singles I've heard so far, as I've mentioned, it, it kind of sounds like a return to the, um, it sounds the most to me like the 21st century breakdown uh, revolution radio, maybe like something from Uno Dos Trace, something in that kind of Uno Dos Trey, something in that uh, area of their timeline. So um, that one I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I really have to look and see who else has albums coming out. I know I have a, a number of singles that I've gotten from some albums that, haven't uh quite come uh been released yet um but i don't know if there's anything that i'm really like 
dying to hear. Um, it wasn't anything for me either. The only one that really came to mind was the new Bruce Dickinson album. I'm just curious more than anything else to hear what he's going to do after having such a long hiatus as a solo artist. I'm really curious about that one. Although I don't know that I have high expectations, I I, I remain very curious. So I, I'd be remiss not to mention that one. Yeah, I'll also mention um, the band Alterium. Um, their first album will be released. Let's see if I can get a a date on that because I'm pretty sure it's early. Yeah, March 8th. Um, they've released a number of singles so far, and uh, I, I have to say, um, so far, so good. I believe there's four singles, but uh, big fan of Nicoletta Rossellini. Um, I had uh, Kalidia's remake of Lies Device on my uh, list for 2021 pretty high, even though it was a remake of an album that already came out. That's how much I liked it. But I'm a big fan of her vocals. I, I feel like this so far, this band sounds like it's pretty much in the same vein as um, Kalidia was. Uh, and I believe there are at least uh, two ex members. So I'd say that's probably up there too. But, um, I don't know that there's that many bands that have outright said they have albums coming out next year or this year. I know Sonata Artica has one coming out, but with them, it's always cautious optimism. Uh, sure. So we'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, stay tuned to the podcast. Or we'll be mentioning all of it as it's uh, as it's released, as we always do. And um, do you have an MVP for the year? Um, You know, just based on how often she, she – appeared probably has to go to melissa bonnie and why do i feel like she was the mvp last year too but uh she's on the new camelot album she is obviously on the new ad infinitum album i have the dark side of the moon metamorphosis album in my top 50 that she uh was on as well i want to say there was another album on my list that she made an appearance on that i am not remembering um but shit i might I, I might have nora luimo in my mvp just for that performance at prog power just the uh the choreography of all of her movements along with just her unbelievable singing voice and then being an absolute um sweetheart <coughs> backstage uh personally uh she was my uh mvp for 2023 but as far as um just like do just doing the the work uh melissa bonnie was is just uh was all over the place um was it pyramids is that the album i'm thinking of that she was also on i believe she was on the new pyramids album so listen great choice um i'd be remiss not to mention a guy who was not only on one of my top 25 discs but two of my top 25 discs and i alluded to him earlier and 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 insofar as Alexander Strandell from Art Nation and Crown. The guy was literally um, the lead vocalist on two of my discs in the top 25. So for that alone, I'm going to make him my MVP. That's uh, completely fair. Um, I I will invent a new category right now, and it, it'll be going to call it Best Newcomer, and I'm giving that one to Kristen Starkey. She's not new to me, but um, I, I, I want to say um, – the Temperance album is is one of the first um, albums or full length albums that she's appeared on, or at least um, at least is that I'm aware of the first like um, band that she's like 
you know, in officially and not like a side project or, or something like that. Um, I think that she's going to be a big deal. Um, and I, I've thought that even when she was just, um, doing like YouTube cover videos and stuff, um, just very unique, but she has such a powerful voice and, um, it's in that bit of a lower register than some of these other, uh, you know, vocalists that, that are more well-known, like the floors and the Simones of the world. Um, I, I would, I, I just want people to be able to come back to this episode and be like, Oh yeah, he was right. Uh, huh. I, I just have, I've always had a feeling about her and, um, she's definitely proving, proving it with this, uh, this, this new, uh, temperance album that we both had, um, mentioned earlier. So, um, nice. Uh, that's my new invented, uh, award. <laughs> I, I like it. And because it's your show, you can do that. So, uh, good for you. Um, I yep. think that puts a bow. Well, I guess on... we should probably put, we, we should mention, we'll mention Johannes as well for, I don't know that he, he, I feel like he's been around for a while, but, uh, with the new sky, the sky blazers debut album, I'll, I'll give a shout out to him as well. Um, He's also been on the podcast, so he gets a little extra love for that. So, uh, um, yeah, we, we, but I echo what you said. I thought it was a hell of a year um, for music, and there's also there's part of me that, as much as I look forward to doing this episode with you, I almost feel a sense of relief that it's done. And now we can look <laughs> ahead to uh, 2024, where I have one album on my list for next year. So um, be that as it may. Uh, I'm glad we get to put a bow on 2023 and look ahead. We will return to our regularly scheduled format next week. I look forward to hearing what album you have in store for us. And uh, we'll we'll leave it as a surprise for our listeners as to what it is that we'll be covering uh, next week on the podcast. Yeah. You know what? We'll tell our Patreon people what we're doing ahead nice. of time as a give you a little bit of a uh motivation to join the patreon if you haven't yet um they'll also be getting this episode a little bit earlier as well um but uh i just uh wanted to say thanks to everybody that um supported the podcast in 2023 but especially the patreon people who have um you know put their hard-earned money uh towards helping us out and we greatly uh appreciate everything that uh, you guys and gals have done for us and, and, and to all the new listeners that um, may have just came, came over because we did an interview <laughs> with <laughs> two guys from Nevermore or previously of Nevermore. Um, welcome. And thanks for joining us and hopefully you stick around and uh, yeah. Uh, onwards and upwards. I am excited for 2024. Um, I'm hoping I get to see a few more concerts. I did not go to a lot of concerts in 2023. Um, I saved, uh, like like we mentioned, I saved it for a lot of the big occasions, like seeing Powerwolf's first U.S. show and finally getting to see the Pumpkins United uh, Halloween tour. Uh, but uh, you will be uh, giving us a rundown of 70,000 tons of metal in a few weeks. So I look forward to hearing about that. That was a Really interesting hearing everything firsthand uh, from last year's cruise. So that's something else to look forward to. But uh, in the meantime, yes, we have an album next week that will be a surprise. We'll have one more album uh, chosen by you the following week. And then the the mother of all requests in February. Thank you, Keith. Um, uh, we're, we're still going to not let the cat out of the bag. Uh, our Patreon people probably are 
pretty aware of this at this point, but uh, it, it's it's happening. And and I I, I will just say this: um, I have a playlist of albums that we are set to cover for the podcast, and um, whenever the first song from this album comes on, I'm like just physically angry that we need to talk about it. So um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, I think it's going to make for at least some entertaining conversation, but I'm not looking forward to listening. To no, it, neither am I. I'm actually dreading it, to be honest with you. So um, be that as it may, here's to a happy and healthy 2024, and I will catch up with you soon, my friend. This was fun. Yes, uh, I am going to go gargle salt water after uh, talking for two hours. Take it easy, my friend. <laughs>